I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Soft Rep Radio. This episode is truly unique because we're going to talk about home buying in the economy right now and how you as a veteran can have access to some tools that are out there for you. I'm also going to dive in with my guests about some of their backstory. And right now I've got Justin Allen, who's a United States Army alma mater. And I've got Tom Paquin, who's United States Marine Corps, all caps, okay, F-18 pilot, Okay. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Yeah. Great. Thanks to be here. All right. Wonderful. Now also shout out to Karen for reaching out and saying, Hey, I think this would be a good fit for your listeners, Rad. And so thanks for all the back and forth uh, with her getting this arranged. So I guess my first question for my listeners is tell me, Justin, what branch were you in United States army? And uh, tell us how you dived into that. What, how old were you when you listed? Yeah, so yeah, I was United States Army, uh, just shy of 10 years. And so I actually joined, I was 22. So I kind of took a unique path. I was, so I graduated college. I didn't do ROTC. I didn't go to an academy or anything. I went to Lehigh University. And so I graduated. I was working for a little bit and I kind of had the bug. You know, my, my older brother is Marine. I wanted to serve. I wanted to kind of have that life adventure. So I actually, I joined the Army, 
uh, and went to OCS, Officer Candidate School. Uh, so that was kind of the way in the Army where if you wanted to go be an officer, you went to basic training, and then you go to a 16-week course to, to get a commission. And so it's like the accelerated version of West Point. So 16 weeks, got a commission, went to the infantry, and then from there, I really, you know, I joined with the whole intent. I wanted to go Special Forces. To me, it was just kind of like, you know, if you're going to do it, I, f- I feel like you got to go all the way. Felt like it was the best way to have a big influence to really, like, solve those tough problems that, that our nation was dealing with at the time. And I felt like it was just a good pathway for me. So joined up, was able to go to selection a few years later, and then and that kind of started the whole journey for me. Went through the qualification course, was able to do some courses along the way, went to free fall school I actually went through the dive what 18 series were you uh so 18 alpha oh so team leader right yeah 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 detachment commander so oh right yeah no so it was, <laughs> it was great i mean it was it was just awesome for one just to be able to work in, a, in an awesome organization a lot of awesome people that i'm still just insanely close with and then i was just i was really lucky as a team leader i started in 2017 is when i got placed on my team i was with od8 1215 which for the for the old timers, those ODA one four five, they actually changed the numbering convention. But it was twelve fifteen, and we were able to go to Afghanistan twice. So we did two different deployments. I was there uh, relatively late in the war. Actually, my first combat deployment was two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm, uh, was mm-hmm. in eastern Afghanistan with the team, mm-hmm. and then I, I was really lucky. I was actually able to stay on the team for longer than normal. So I was able to stay on the team for about three years, team leader, and then we went back to Afghanistan in 2019 to kind of, you know, things were winding down and got back in 2020, at which point it was when I separated from service and kind of went on to my new life adventure. But uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, it was a wild ride and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for it. Yeah, that is, that's crazy. Yeah, right. Right at the end of it there when everything was being exited out and, yeah. you know, wound down. Uh, what was the vibe of the environment in 2018 to you? What When you first boots on the ground was it like this place is vibrating with activity <laughs> you know so in 2018 i was again i, I kind of say i was lucky my team was able to go do the counter isis mission which you know really in, in afghanistan there were two things going on we were fighting the taliban and we were also fighting isis and trying to mm-hmm. affect influence mm-hmm. there and so the counter isis mission really was was picking up in 2016 17 and 18 some people might remember when the Moab was dropped, it was like big news, you know, but that was actually Nangahar province and that was where my team ended up going. So we were probably about a year after the Moab was dropped. We were in that same location. And so really for us, it was just pushing back on ISIS, which was getting a lot of visibility at the time. The Wall Street Journal came out and was uh, embedded with us and was following the story. So, you know, even though it was like so late in the war, I, I think people were still able to kind of get behind that counter ISIS fight. It felt you know, a little bit more close to home, I guess. It felt a little more, you know, I guess higher energy maybe. And, and we were definitely, you know, ramped up. And we felt like we, we kind of felt privileged to be able to go out there. I mean, only a handful of teams were able to go do the counter-ISIS fight just because it was kind of concentrated part of Afghanistan. So we felt lucky. You know, we were, we were living out kind of totally away from the flagpole. We had our own little combat outpost, kind of just doing our own thing. And so, you know, a lot of autonomy, and, and really that's what SF wants. You just want autonomy, right. you know, to be able to, to a satellite out, phone. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that, yeah, this, the Iridium, was that was like my, my main weapon, you know. I was always yeah, exactly. on Iridium. I was talking to guys like Tom that were up in the, the aircraft. They were well-rested, well-fed, and we were down on the ground just eating dirt, you know. <laughs> you know, that, that's exactly the, the stories that I hear now. Now, Tom, you are F-18 United States Marine Corps, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And is that the Super Hornet A? Is there a certain letter after that? You know, the the, uh, the Marine Corps has the Legacy Hornet is what they call it, and it's the A, Legacy. B, C, and D, and then the, mm-hmm. the newer version, the E, F, and G, the Growler, 
are the, uh, the the Navy planes are flying today. Oh yeah, those are crazy. You guys go yeah. do those Star Wars canyons whenever you get a chance. Oh boy, I tell you, that, that's a blast. A ton of fun. Just right? Of fun. Huh? It's great. Okay, yeah. I'll be looking for the next time you do it on your Instagram. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, now, when did you enlist and go through the whole United States Marine Corps officer program? You had to have. It did. Yeah. You know, my beginning is a little bit different. I was a Boy Scout and. We actually took a, a trip down to uh, Virginia, my brother and I, and he was a Navy pilot, but we were, uh, we were standing on the tarmac and these F-4s took off. It was absolutely incredible. They were loud, they were noisy, smoke all over the place. It was absolutely insane. Uh, I looked at my brother, I'm like, that's awesome. And he's like, yeah, we've got, we've got to do that. So I actually later on ended up being the Marines and he was a Navy, Navy pilot as well. And he flew the Prowler originally and then the F-18 Super Hornet. So we both had a little bit of F-18 time there as well. So it was pretty cool. That's crazy, like landing on a carrier, right? So you are coming in and the call the ball and the whole movie goes through my head and any close calls on that? Yeah, a few of them actually. You know, it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, that my first catapult off the front of the carrier was, was pretty insane. You know, unfortunately, there was some guys before me that were flying the T-45 and, and actually when they were, went off the catapult, they had their foot on the brakes and uh, it blew the tires on the airplane. You know, even if your brakes are fully on, the catapult goes off, the airplane's going off the end of the boat no matter what. Mm-hmm. But blew the tires. The, the first guy came back and tried to land on the ship and messed up, and, and the airplane turned sideways, ejected, and ended up dying. Later, the, the same type of incident happened as well. And, you know, they, they flew that airplane back to the airfield. It ended up rolling over, and he ended up dying as well. So he had two deaths because the people were having their feet on the brakes. And, and so I just remember sitting on, on the front of the catapult in front of the ship, just waiting for my turn, you know, salute the cat officer. My feet are oh, yeah, right. levitating. You know, there's no way my feet are going to be on the brakes at all. But, you know, as soon as I gave the slew, I could see the sailor on the side, push the button, and off I went. And when it actually kicked in, my knees were in my chest. My head was pegged back in the seat. And I, it was just insane. I had no idea what was going on. I totally wasn't flying the airplane. I was just like on an amusement park ride at that point. It was, it was crazy. But then my mind is running. I'm like, holy shit, I need to fly this airplane. So I yeah. take my hand, I reach down again, you know, because it was already like this. I reach down to push forward, you know, and grab the stick. And just as that happened, I get up to the end of the boat and the deceleration, it feels like a deceleration, but there's a lot less acceleration. And I push the stick forward and the airplane dips off the end of the end of the carrier. And uh, their boss starts yelling on the radio, pull up, pull up, pull up, as I barely miss the water as I start oh. my climb out. It was pretty insane, oh. but, but but definitely a rookie error, you know, and uh yeah it was pretty crazy <laughs> now the air boss right they have to be a pilot to be an air boss can that be a marine corps pilot or does it have to just be a navy on a carrier you know i think it might you know i think generally it's a, a navy pilot that that yeah. uh, does it a guy with a ton of experience you know pretty senior fairly senior and they're up there and, and generally they're pretty uh, uh yeah it's hard to describe them but they're but they're not the friendliest guy you know, they're generally the kind of guy who's going to slap you around when you do something stupid and, and scream and yell at you on the radio, which definitely happens. He's got your day. lives in his hands. That's how he feels. They, that air boss is like, hey, oh, I can <laughs> only imagine, detail. I can only imagine the stress up there with all those young you know, pilots who have never done this before, you know, and you're all alone. You know, you don't put an instructor in the airplane. You're on your own to do how, it. So away you go. How, how old were you when you started flying? Oh, geez. I, you know, that was right out of college and, you know, a couple of years later. So, you know, 25-ish or so. We get so the average age is about maybe 25-ish flying jets and uh, probably like 19 on the carrier overall, huh? 19 years old on that thing. Yeah, you know, I was pretty fortunate. I say fortunate because I, I didn't have to spend a lot of time in the carrier. I qualified yeah. on the carrier. And then once I was qualified, I ended up going to a land squadron, mm-hmm. which was nice because they'd go and fly over Afghanistan, go back, land, go to Starbucks, have coffee, sleep in Stop. the next day, and then go do it again. 
Top Gun was Top Gun in your life ever? Yeah. So right out of uh, uh, right af- after my first appointment, I was actually given the opportunity to go to Top Gun, and, and uh, boy, it, it was a challenge. It was really hard. It's not quite like it is on TV, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Some great stories there. Uh, had an amazing. Was there an alternatives plaque in the bathroom? <laughs> well, was there an alternative? <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it was in the ladies' room, and I never went in there. In so the- <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But, I just need to know that secret. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned uh, you know the, the original Top Gun quotes because my backseater Jimmy Hendrickson, the, the kid is uh, he's hilarious. He's a great guy. We're still good friends to this day. But you know we were out fighting the jet Top Gun, and I pulled too hard over the top, and I departed the airplane. And F eighteen, it's called a falling leaf because the airplane literally falls out of the sky straight down like a like a leaf. Now okay. the movie back you know when Top Gun was was created, it was the F fourteen. And the 14 mm-hmm. would have a flat spin, so it, it'd spin mm-hmm. around in a circle, but still would go straight down. And so it was always kind of one of those jokes that, you know, in the in the movie itself, we're in a flat spin out to sea. You know, it's kind of like if you're over the sea, you're, you're going to land in the sea. But if you're the land, you're going to land in the, in the dirt. But so it was always kind of this big joke. But, yeah, I pulled too hard. I'm in a you know, falling leaf in the F-18. I'm over top of some mountains as well. And the F-18, when it recovers, it's usually about five or 6,000 feet above sea level. So if you start throwing some mountains underneath you, then it gets that closer gets close. and closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my heart rate just starts beating and, you know, I'm going through the oh, procedures yeah. and my backseater, Jimmy, he's like, Hey, Pac-Man, I'm like, you know, really nervous at this point, trying to figure out if we're going to have to eject or not. I think he's going to come up with something profound. Like, yeah, Hey, the, the mountains are only a thousand feet. We're going to be fine or something like that. Instead he comes back with, Hey, I think we're in a flat spin out to sea. And he's my backseater. Remember in the movie, the backseater dies, you know? So he's just up there yeah. cracking jokes as we're, as I'm thinking I'm going to eject out of an airplane and bring him with me, you know? Right. But yeah. What a funny story. But yeah, there was another, you know, and, and the thing too is they always record all of the, uh, uh, the entire flight. Yeah. So we get back and, you know, we're debriefing and the instructors hear that at Top Gun, you know, as we're going through the course and they're like, okay, rewind tape again. Let's hear that again. And they call them all into the room and just start laughing. But yeah, it's pretty funny. We're a flat spin. Green Flash shark repellent any minute now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was pretty cool. And, and uh, you know, there's another incident there. It was, it was actually hilarious because, you know, we're flying along and we have got uh, an F5 coming at us, probably five or 600 knots, you know, just as fast as you can. And, and we do this evasive maneuver and I end up on the wrong heading. I knew it was the wrong heading. Didn't make sense. And I'm like, hey, Jimmy, what heading should we be at? And he, you know, in the back, he's got this little small heading indicator and he bends over like this to look at it. Just as he does that, I realize that this is, this is wrong. I put a little bit of unload in the jet, which means, you know, no gravity on it. And I ripped the, the, the wings over and I put 8.6 G's on the jet instantaneously. And I'm pulling in and you start to gray out because as you pull a lot of G's, the blood from your head flows oh, out. Okay. You can't see color anymore and, and it starts to get fuzzier on the edge. So you do everything you can to fight it. And I'm trying to find this little itty bitty F5 coming at me at like 500 knots. Once again, Jimmy's back there and I'm pulling in and Jimmy's like, hey, Pac-Man. I'm like, yeah, what's that, Jimmy? Once again, I'm trying to find this little airplane. I'm out of my block. I'm not supposed to be out of my block unless you see the guy for deconfliction. And I think he's going to say, hey, the guy's right there at 11, 1 o'clock or whatever it is. And so he's like, you've just proven something to me. I'm like, what's that, Jimmy? He's like, yeah, when I bend over to look at that thing, a man can suck his own dick. And he just, oh. his head is down in his lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, just as he says that, that five comes zipping past us. And, and uh, just totally timing was just perfect because, uh, you know, I'm up there stressed and trying not to run into this guy. And, He's back there joking around, so good time. Pac-Man, bro, you just like pull the 8.5 Gs while he's trying to look, and all of a sudden he's just down like for the count. His blood's going straight to the wrong head. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. 
Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, too, that's an overstressed airplane. So we had actually knock it off and go back home as well. So you're only supposed to pull seven and a half Gs in the F-18 rig. I mean, you can pull more than that, but uh, yeah. But uh, it should OSHA certified seven Gs. <laughs> yeah, no, seven and a half, no problem. Yeah, you can, seven you can and go to nine. And I think they really did that just to save the life of the airplane so you could fly it for more hours, but. That's incredible. And those are some incredible adventures that you've been on. And I know that's just like the tip of the spear of the iceberg in your life. You've flown over Afghanistan and flown over all sorts of places. And, and I'm sure that you've also deployed, you know, and done enough PT, uh, Justin in your life that now today you've stepped away from per se that life, right? But it's helped who you are today. You know, your college, your attendance in school, making sure that you attend all your classes in the military. Uh, you know, so you guys are obviously definitely good teachers and, and learners, right? You like to, your students, you're very well received on that. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Today, you've tried to crack this problem of veterans trying to get into a home and, you know, defending what they have really put their lives at risk for to come back and get, which is those benefits. You know, maybe there's a, a veteran out there that's listening right now that's like, how many days am I supposed to have before I can qualify for a veteran, you know, situation? Victory Base. Tom, you founded Victory Base. Why don't you tell me what the premise for was, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, no. So I can remember I was actually in Beaufort, South Carolina, and I received orders to move to Beaufort. So I had to make the decision. You know, I wanted to buy a house because really that's what the American dream is built upon, right? You, you buy a home, you, you put some money into it, and then over, you know, 15 or 20 years, you sell the house and you have a, a pretty good nest egg to retire with or, or roll into a new investment. So I wanted to do that, but I also knew that I was only going to be in Beaufort for two or three years, maybe four at the most. And generally, when you do that, you really don't break even on the transaction cost, meaning you have to pay for 
you know, the title and all the insurance costs up front and you have to, the VA funding fees, two and a half percent, you have realtor fees and when it's time to sell, all of those expenses are really just tacked into the loan in, in many cases. And it really makes it hard to appreciate and see that a value that our civilian counterparts who stay in the same home for 15 years are really able to, to appreciate and see. And so I, I wanted to come up with a new way to do this. And, and obviously the other option is to rent, right? And, and that's just throwing money away. So we really wanted to come up with a way and I was thinking about how this could potentially work. So, you know, the, the 30,000 foot view on it is you get a company, you put a whole bunch of houses inside the company itself. And so then when somebody, a military member moves into one of our houses and then they move out, another military member can move right in behind them. And now we don't have to hire any realtors. We don't have any transaction costs. So we eliminate all of that expense. And really that's kind of the cornerstone. And instead of, instead of uh, owning the home directly though, what they do is they actually then buy shares of the company itself. So if the company owns all the houses and, you know, through different LLCs, you know, because we obviously we have to do that for different areas of the country, that, that investment they have is a little bit different, but it's still uh, based on the fact that they're living in a house, they're paying uh, to live there each month and they're getting value from it. And so you will have places in areas that they'll be able to peruse and get involved into a home. So like, say you're deploying into Salt Lake City uh, here there's a grid of this many places that you can look into with your investment. Is that right? Something like that? Yeah. So that's Hill Air Force Base, right? So we're, we're also building it at Luke right now, Air Force Base. We've got another one down in uh, the Panhandle uh, over by Tyndall. But the overall objective is to, to be in one base, move to you know Hill or Salt Lake City, and then have a community of 50, 200 homes, 250 homes, whatever that is. And then they can just transfer into that area, slide right into that, that house there, to sign up, be part of the program. And every month when they make their payment, they're actually paying and getting shares of the corporation too. And so they hold mm-hmm. on to those shares over time, and that's the investment. Right, because they're really going to rent anyways, if that's the case, or try to take advantage of their BAH from the military if they're a married couple. And so, you know, if they can move into one of your facilities, then that would be a getting a place that's just, you know, probably nice to live in. And then also you're buying into the corporation with that money, whereas you would just be putting money into something else if you can't get base housing. Like if you can't get into base housing, which is a weight, right? Yeah. And once again, in base housing, you're throwing money away because your BH goes away and, you, and you're not getting any investment after you leave. But but it's really more than that because it is an investment. And we say that we want our, our residents to have an ownership mindset. But that ownership mindset really looks different uh, among different people, too. Uh, you know, an ownership mindset in a community, not only do you have ownership shares, but you also run the community. You know, so we put up a, a, an association where people can get together and they set up parties and they all get together and they really get to know their neighbors really well. You know, one of the key points of when military families live in a particular area, generally they don't have a lot of family in that area. So their neighbors and their friends and other military people become their family. And they spend Thanksgivings together and holidays together. And and so when I see that happen, that's really kind of, you know, one of the ownership mindset, being part of the community as well. And, you know, we have a resident in Beaufort uh, right now who's, who's setting up a dog parade for April 1st. And uh, she just wants everyone to come out with their dogs and have a good time. And they do stuff like that all the time. They just have a, have a great, great community. And that's probably the part that we're the most proud of is how the community actually comes together. That's awesome. And how did you two wind up coming together since you are from, you know, two separate branches? And uh, were you guys friends prior or did you reach out to Tom? How did you, Justin, become the vice president of development for Victory Base? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it was kind of a, a crazy you know story the way that it all happened. When I left the military, you know, I, I wanted to go to business school. I kind of felt like getting an MBA would be a great way for me to take like military soft skills of leadership and decision making and all of those things uh, and then apply some academic backing to it. 
And so I came out of Afghanistan in early 2020. Uh, I went to Northwestern's business school up in the Chicago area. And I went to school with this whole idea of like, I didn't want to take a conventional route. You know, I, I definitely made that clear when I joined the army. I wanted a very unconventional route to do something to me that would be more of value. And so I kind of fell in love with this idea of entrepreneurship where, you know, you can really just find a problem that you're really interested in and you want to go try and solve it and make it a little bit better for people. And for me, when I left the military, I had done some real estate on the side. I thought it was cool, but I wanted to take it to kind of a next level. And so I, I went to business school with a, I guess you could say maybe like a thesis, but just an idea of when I was in the military, I moved all the time. I missed like the first two years of my kid's life deploying. We moved frequently. We, we rarely had predictability. And I saw it happen with my brother. He, you know, he's 20 years in the Marine Corps now. Him and his family are moving all over the place. People that I cared a lot about were just always like on the go, renting, feeling like they were never really getting ahead. And so I went to school and said, you know, uh, this is like a big problem, but this would be a very cool thing to kind of commit like the next chunk of my life to. And so I went into school and I, I needed to learn the finance. I needed to learn the, the real estate stuff. But through that whole journey, I was actually able to get involved with this year-long entrepreneurship program uh, that was that's founded and backed by Sam Zell, a big real estate magnate, businessman, you know, who who's did really, really well. And through that program, I actually got connected with Victory Base because a friend of mine, another Green Beret, he, I think he saw a post on LinkedIn and he was like, hey, there are these, these very small uh, group of guys down in Texas that are doing this. They've got some traction. They're underway. They've figured out a way to kind of solve the issue. And it was through this whole concept of people can live in the homes. They can, in many ways, kind of look like a renter, but they're actually owners. They're owners of the company and they take this ownership mindset. And it's so it just like perfectly aligned with what I was trying to do, what I was thinking of. And so we got connected and I was able to meet Tom. I met the, the CEO, John Sharkey. And we kind of just had this like, oh, hey, we, we clearly have very aligned visions here. We've got, we've got the same goals in mind and we've got the same mission-driven mindset. So we had conversations and I was lucky enough, you know, I met Tom and, and obviously we, we kind of hit it off and they said, hey, look, if, if you want to move down here to Fort Worth, Texas, we'd love to have you on the team. You know, so after leaving business school, decided I think this is a great path to go. I can jump in their boat, help them row and get this thing going and really have a big impact. I like the mentality of jumping the ship and row. I like to play the drum on the ship, so keep rowing and I'll do the drums. You know, no problem. Someone has to hit the drum. And now, would a v someone with a veteran's benefits, right? Like I got my home through the VA benefit from being a veteran, okay? Spent so many times in active duty. You qualify for your veterans. No down payment, uh, no PMI uh, typically on your loan from your mortgage. In fact, my lender thought, he's like, I don't know if I should file this. It feels like I'm stealing, right? And that was with my veteran's backing from the government. And I was like, Hey man, I, I, I don't know what you feel like. All I know is this is my documentation and I'm ready to sign to close. And so it happened, but he felt like it was just too easy to get in with no down payment. And this was 2008. So I was buying right at the time that uh, president Obama was saying, Hey, buy a house. Here's a bonus. You know what I mean? In 08, it was like an $8,000 bonus. And so the market had crashed and the bubble had happened and burst and Houses that were sold for 400 are now being dropped down to 210, you know, in my area. And, and now those houses are back up to like five, 600 today. This is since 2008, right? So do your benefits help getting into victory base? Is there something that they, you guys can, you know, use from that, from the veteran? You know, I'll answer this one really quick. You know, the VA loan is great. It's a great opportunity for veterans to use. And, and obviously, 
if you're in that same home for as long as you've been from 2008 all the way until 2023, you're able to appreciate that and see that American dream. So, I mean, it's a great deal if you have that opportunity. But once again, if you're an active duty military member and, you, and you're moving again in two or three years, all the economics and the transaction costs still exist. So you still have to pay. And you're also paying that two and a half percent fee for the VA funding fee on top of it. So it really, really kind of puts you behind the power curve to use an aviation term. But when you're behind that power curve, you really can't uh, can't work your way out of it unless you, you hold on to the house and rent it in many cases. And, and we call those the accidental landlords. You know, I didn't really intend to be a landlord, but now I am a landlord because a little bit behind on the house and I can't really sell it yet. So you end up being a landlord from San Diego or wherever your next duty station is and, and or deployed, you know, and your wife has to worry about it. And, and really that takes away from a military readiness, quite honestly, you know, if people are sitting in Afghanistan or Iraq somewhere and they're, they're wondering if they're going to get their plumber there. Being a landlord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would uh, definitely pull from the mission at hand. Right. And so now that makes total sense when you explain it. So active duty, you know, you're looking for a place, you're going to be PCS into another location and you need to start investigating where to live. Well, Victory Base would probably be the place you would turn to to start that process, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and remember, it's, it's actually just not just active duty as well. There are veterans that are going to be in an area, and they know they're only going to be there for a few years. They're going to you know, join this company. The company more than likely will transfer them. They're hoping to get back to their hometown or, or whatever the situation looks like. It totally makes sense for that person as well. Don't buy the house if you're only going to be there for a few years. It doesn't make sense. Victory Base totally makes sense and gives you an opportunity to still have some appreciation and, and value of, of an investment. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now, either one of you can answer this, feel free. It's not just a veteran application. You can be also 
a civilian that is being stationed someplace for your job looking for a place through Victory Base. Is that right? Or should you be a veteran? Anybody. Yeah, it, it's really for anybody. Like Tom was saying, I mean, these, these military communities, when you look at the demographics, there's obviously going to be a lot of active duty, but you're also going to have a lot of retired. You're going to have a lot of civilians that are supporting the base. Mm-hmm. You know, the, So the Army wasn't very good at picking locations, but the Navy has some pretty nice locations. You know, San Diego, for example, it, you know, it's just a normal town where you're going to have tons of uh, diversity, a ton of different groups of people. So you know, when you look at it, really, I mean, our business model... It works very nicely for anybody who's going to be what we kind of call predictably transient. You know, you, you move into a location, you might be there for two to three years, and that just happens with the military. I mean, we all felt it. You know, we moved, uh, I think, in, in nine years, nine or ten years, I moved four or five times, you know, and that doesn't even count the deployment. So really, for anybody who's going to be picking up, relocating, nurses do it, teachers do it. It's, it's a great business model that kind of addresses that issue of when you buy a home, you know, even of note too, like the time to close can be very inconvenient, you know, especially with the VA can be a little bit slower. If it takes 30 to 40 days to close on a home, many times you find service members, you know, that's a good example, you PCS, you want to try to buy a home, you're going to be in some form of temporary housing while you wait for your home to close. So you're going to have to go live in a hotel for 30 or 40 days. You might have to go to the field for training. You might have to come down on orders for deployment. All sorts of crazy stuff happen which kind of just exacerbates the problem a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to support that transient lifestyle. So you should probably go talk to the first sergeant before you go buy something. You're really expensive and make sure That's- that you're not deploying <laughs> into the field in the next 40 days. So, you know, when I started the Q course, you know, I'm uh, you know, not beating my chest, but everybody knows the attrition rates are high. You know, you, yeah. you go through selection, you're going to take, you know, 30 to 40%. And then you start the qualification course and every month, you every two months, you're going through a different phase. And so people are just trickling out as they either, you know, fail or quit or whatever. And so from day one, you know, you know, you're going to be at Fort Bragg for two years and they're just like, do not buy a home because you're going to, you're going to go to the field and quit. And then you're going to be stuck with a house that you don't know what to do with. And so unfortunately, you know, like when I was at Bragg, I, I would have loved to have bought a home. I was, you know, confident in myself. I, I, I felt confident I was going to make it through. But I was a renter that entire time, just feeling like every month, man, this sucks. I'm just like trashing money on rent. I'm totally qualified to buy a home. I'm totally capable. I know I'm, you know, mm-hmm. credit worthy. I've got the VA loan. I've got all this stuff. But life circumstances prevented me from from getting that access to equity, which was a little bit of, you know, price to pay for what I wanted to do. But um, mm-hmm. there's there's a better way. There's a better way. You know, that's you know, that's not really thought about. You know, you're you're trying to become this person right in life as a young man and you've chosen to go through SF special forces school and to go through the qualification course i'm just breaking it down so my listener knows the q course is yes, qualification yeah, yeah. Um, and then you go through like your seer special uh, survival evasion resistance escape uh, probably robin sage all these different you know <laughs> theaters that you have to go through these training levels and the whole time you're just like i'm paying rent yeah <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know you know yeah. it's like <laughs> You're trying to make a foundation for yourself, a financial one, right? You're like, I know that I'm going through all these hard things right now, but my money should be going into something like a, like a CD or something that's making money for me while I'm out in the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to be in the field thinking about your equity. You know, you're like, you're on, you're on mission trying to get selected or passed or whatever. And you're over here thinking about your, you know, your rent or something, but um, you're like, it's the yeah. first or the 15th and it's Q course. You're like, okay, rent just got deducted. Okay, cool. I'm good. How many more yeah. miles left, sir? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But having victory base as kind of like your uh, NASCAR pit crew, you know, to help you with your housing, 
help alleviate some of that burden. You have a place, you're investing that money. You don't have to worry about where your money's kind of going and, and you can stay focused on the mission. Like Tom pointed out, you don't want to be distracted. You guys are, are definitely, you know, the tips of the spears of many, many instruments. Yeah. I'll throw a, another um, point in here as well is we actually went to the SEC and we filed with the SEC with our, with our plans. So we could sell shares to our residents and, so it's called the Reg A. And so before any of our, our uh, residents want to want to invest with us, they're, they're actually buying shares of the company. So they can go through and they should read the Reg A and understand the entire investment and see what it looks like. But it's pretty straightforward. You know, you live in our homes and you're buying shares as you're living there. And then you become an owner. You know, you, you have that ownership mindset. You take control of the community. And, and I, I tell you, I, I always go back to this because I know the people that live in the communities know the community better than we do. So we just want to give them the power to create the parties, have the fun. Somebody gets sick or has a baby or whatever, they bring in the, the dinners over to them. And it just makes a great place to live. And, and I think that's as important as the investment as well. And I'm sure their word of mouth between themselves and their their chains are spreading as well for you guys. Like, oh, what do you mean you guys don't live on base? Where do you live? Oh, well, we live through like this other application, Victory Base. Just go check it out, you know. And then they'll go check it out and maybe see if it's something for them as well, which I want my listener to check out, you know, if you're thinking about you need a place and you want, and this sounds like an opportunity, I'm not paid by any of these guys to have them on my show. This is a, a mutual conversation to talk about, you know, trying to get into a house. What's the housing market is so crazy right now. You know, everybody's trying to get small houses, sprinter vans, where are you going to live, you know, down by a river that's actually becoming a thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. It's you know. one of the best SNL skits ever, by the way. That that was just a great skit and tra- tragedy that he's still down not by us. the river. I know <laughs> it was one of the best ever. Yeah, loved it. Love it. It's, oh, it's true. People are coming up with with crazy options because it, it's like you know not to get in the boring economic stuff, but it's like it's you know inflation's real and cost of living is going up a lot for people. You know, and especially with within the military communities, when people get a housing allowance every year, it doesn't always necessarily trail the cost of living. You know, you might get a few percentage point increase on your housing allowance, but, you know, when, when cost of living goes up 10% or something, it's a struggle. So, yeah, people are looking for better options. They're looking for a better way to do it. And right now it's just like, you know, innovation's got to hit the market. There's got to be better ways that are presented. The, the old binary option of either buy or rent, or I guess maybe there's a third, live in your parents' basement or down by the river, but... But yeah, you know, people need better options. It's happening. You know, here in Salt Lake, the big focus is housing and how to help the shelterless, right? That's And there are veterans who are in that world of just out here. It's cold, you know? I know it's cold. And I go to bed thinking that it's cold at night. You know, I do. I'm like, oh, it's cold, you know? And I, I've got friends out there that I, I just think about. And I'm like, dude, it's cold, you know? And holy cow, just snowed so much. And, you know, the housing market is... So ridiculous. And COVID spun it into this huge, you know, cash market of if you don't have cash to buy it all outright, you're just going up again. People are, what I'm trying to get at is homeowners have been trying to make this new stand saying to the real estate agent, please sell our house to a family first. We understand that people are going to come in with these all cash offers straight up and that's Gucci and it's just like boom. But they're really trying to say, hey, can we just try to sell the first offer to a family to move in versus an all cash offer because the bank's going to give them their money anyways. If they got a loan and they're approved, it's going to come to the, to the, to the person selling it. So, you know, rather than just with no offense to a victory base, you know, I know you guys are doing this in a different aspect. Whereas like these all cashes are just like, you're not even allowed to Airbnb in Salt Lake without being a short term lease 
uh, legit place, you know? So it's very crazy. So the market's very crazy here. That's all I want you to know. So if you look up Utah, it's an it's cre- interesting market. For you know, housing. I think it's crazy all over, quite honestly. You know, the, the, the market's changed a lot, like you said, over the last few years. And, and it's, it's definitely made it uh, more difficult to, to figure it out. And we're trying to make that easier, especially for the military families. You know, we take a lot of pride in what we do. We put an American flag in every single house that we have. So if somebody's triggered by an American flag, don't come to our community because you're going to see American flags yeah. up and down it's the street. right there. Yeah, and the pride. Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, it, and we love it. And also, we want to hire military families, you know, and, and I say families because, you know, if somebody's living in our community, the spouse can can come and, and work with us and, and do things with us. And if somebody wants to leave the active duty and, and start another career, just like Justin did, you know, this, this is where he wants you to come. We want you, you know, really to look at Victory Base as another opportunity, too. So. And a patriotic one. Like I said, don't don't come in our neighborhood if you're going to get triggered by the flag. It's just not going to work. Or just for take you. care of the flag. Just protect her. Just take care of her and treat her as she is, and uh, don't let her get hijacked. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay, and we got no problem with our flag. That's what's up. We just can't let her get hijacked in any wrong way. And so once we take care of her, as we have sworn to at some point, you know, the, I, 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 yeah. There's no problem with that flag in any of those houses, 100% around any of our streets. Yeah, we Just actually gotta, put in our agreements that they have to take care of them. If something happens to the flag, they've got to fix it and, and make it right. And uh, it's, it's important. That's, that's one of the cornerstones of the company, you know. And uh, it, it wasn't long ago I, I read uh, online somebody had literally said they were triggered by the American flag. And it was that day I said, you know something? This now, right now, we're making a decision. We're going forward with American flags in every single that's house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what people get triggered is, is that it's been pulled into two parts over these last years. And I do hit that with my audience. You know, it's been pulled apart on both sides. So it's like one side sees it one way, another side sees it another way. And that's where I say, quit hijacking our flag because it's just one way. It is the American flag. And and I, I had the fortunate honor to speak to a former ambassador to NATO the other day. And he was telling me, Rad, there's U.S., before every one of our name tapes, whether you're in the Coast Guard, the Marines, the Army, the Air Force, or Border, or any of that kind of stuff, he's like, it's a, or National Guard, it says U.S. first. Not, what color am I? What language am I? It says U.S. before it. So as long as we can just bring that back together, that we're all under that same flag, yeah, that's, what, that's what's... You know yeah. what I think is most incredible as well as inside the military service? It doesn't matter who's your right or left. It's how good are they? How you know? How can you actually accomplish the mission? And I tell you, some of the best and most incredible people are are people that from the outside looking in would say, "Well, there's got to be problems." You're like, "No, there's no problems. This is great. These are great, great Americans." And that's all there is to it. You know, that's why I don't get some of this stuff. And maybe I'm old school uh, from that standpoint. But but I really just see the you know just just Americans. That's all we're doing. We're out there executing a mission. It's just great. We're old school, bro. It's okay. You know, I'm a Cold War child from the '70s. You know, and uh, 77, and that's when I was raised up through the 80s. So, you know, I see things that way, you know, but I'm trying to see things today, too. I work with a lot of youth, and so I, I get all sides of the fence. But at the end of the day, let's just come to agree that we defend our nation from foreign or domestic. And that flag is the veil that is over us to protect us at night. That kind of a mantra is, is how I feel. Yeah, and that American flag is welcoming to everybody, you know, as long Correct. as you stand up the same ideals of protecting the nation and making the nation great, then uh, then it is for everyone. I really, truly believe that. And, and, and I really, we're truly proud believe of that. We're really proud of the flag. We're proud to have it there. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we go all in. 
Brad, we'll have to show you. We got a pretty cool photo from one of our communities. It's, it's. Uh, I think Tom. I think you took that photo, but it's, it's just a real nice picture of, of the entire runway of the front of all the homes, and you can just kind of see the American flags going down the community. And it's just, it's like, that that speaks very well for for what Victory Base stands for. It's, and it's a good photo. So, I would love to have that. If you can send that to my producer, we'll put it into the post. So that way, when our listeners go to look at the post, they can see just you know exactly what we're talking about with the street and the flags and just. That'll be a nice little thing in there in, in our in our story, our breakdown of what we talk about. I don't know. I, sometimes I get emotional when I think about the flag and I think about, you know, uh, people living out on the streets and uh, homes. And, you know, it's a big thing that you guys are stepping into to try to help curve that, you know, and especially for our veterans out there and our military personnel who are looking for a place to lie their head uh, and get ready to wake up five minutes later. <laughs> But you want to know that your money's gone into an investment, okay? And so as long as that's happening, you are going to feel like you're doing something right. You're like, hey, uh, my money's in a good spot. It's in an investment. You know, it's, there it is. I can't agree. I can't just, yeah, it's not like you're gambling with it. It's not like you're putting it in a slot machine and you're losing it when you should be saving it. And there's, you know, with the ownership mindset, like we, we talk a lot about it. I mean, it's really, it's like the core of our businesses. And I think people in the military know kind of what that ownership mindset feels like. And a good example is, so when you go to basic or wherever, your new unit, you know, you get issued like your first weapon. That weapon's been handed down from, you know, 50, 30, you know, however many people before you. And there's always this underlying feeling of like, it's the government's, you know? And so a lot of times you don't see people take very good care of their stuff, even though the reality is like, you you take care of your equipment when you need it, it'll it'll take care of you. Free 99. Yeah, but you don't really take on that ownership mindset like you own it because there's in a year or two, you know, you're going to move on from it or whatever. And so the the whole thing was, well, when people own a home, they they treat it differently. If they owned uh, a piece of equipment, they would treat it differently. And so the whole concept was, well, to change the behavior of people who live in these homes, how can we make them feel like they own it? And the reality is, well, if you own part of the company, you know, you're going to own part of every piece of the community. And so you would take on that ownership mindset, which over time would just lead to better care, better engagement. Like, you know, more people in the community actually stepping up and taking on a little bit of responsibility to make the place better. So it, yeah, it's, it's kind of this like amorphous, you know, a little bit abstract idea, but the ownership mindset, I think, I think everybody kind of feels it in, in different ways and knows exactly, you know, what it's like when, when something's yours. Right. hundred percent. And when you own it, there is that ownership. It's like you have a gym membership. You may not go as much, but if you have the weights in your house, you can use them right there. There they are. So it's a same with, yeah, yeah I'm not sure that's a good example. I have weights in my house. I don't use yeah. them as much as I should. I, I, actually, so. was, I, I had to go <laughs> yeah. with it because I was saying it and I realized like yeah. people just have to lift them. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're human. I'm just trying to be positive. Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Well, you guys are awesome trying to have this business and uh, go from being a civilian to a veteran to a civilian again and having to Rubik's Cube your life around and figure out, what am I going to do now? I've got this knowledge of college. Uh, I've got this knowledge of how to pull, how to shoot the watch. How do I shoot the watch as a civilian, though? What am I doing here? You know, it's like, how do we keep shooting that watch? You know, it's like, well, you put your mind on your money. Well, and that's true. And you still have to have pastimes and have fun as well. And so I still fly. So if you want to go flying with us sometimes, feel free, come out and we'll we'll get a couple airplanes airborne at the same time and we'll shoot the watch. We'll have a blast. So that, that invitation is... Are you really saying that to me? Where are you at, Texas? Yeah, are you really Texas. offering this I am. on the internet? It's off forever. It, it's here forever. <laughs> I'll offer it up too. If, if you want to go ruck or something, we can oh. go do that as well. I, you know, I did a lot of rucking in the army, but I don't, I don't do it too much uh, anymore, but always up for it. I'll go ruck with you. I'll ruck. We can do like a couple miles. I could do like three miles. So let me tell you something real quick. My dad would go ruck march as a Green Beret when I was a little man, and I would ride my bike with him, and he would do six miles a day. And he would throw cinder blocks in his ruck, right? And so he would go with like 60 pounds or so. And so here we are, and he's rucking, just no problem, little Aaron on his bike. I'm just riding next to dad. Yeah, let's go. And now today with war games, and I'm so involved in, in this war game world out here in Utah, we're always pounding the ground out in the desert. And we're really just doing all the same maneuvers, field training exercises, without having to really salute anybody. You know, it's just a war game. It's all using these airsoft guns and and guys like yourself, guys like me, um, people who have asthma, who could never join, you know, the military, but have like this Captain America heartbeat. They're looking for some type of like, I wish I could have been behind a bunker or a sandbag. So we built up a desert property that has all of that out there. And these guys come out and they play. We're very inclusive, right? I've got a young man who was premature, five weeks preemie as a baby, and it ruined his eye but he can never join the military. But in airsoft war games, the kid is just like every single day, every time on time would have been the best in the track. So I'm just saying, no, there's, there's so many Patriots out there. And that's like, like you're saying, I mean, I always said, like, I felt like being able to serve was a privilege because I fully acknowledged that like somewhere along the way, there could have been something that stopped me that out of my control, out of your control out of your control, you know, you, you, injuries happen to everybody. So to really get through that process and be able to like work with, with those teams, 
truly was like uh, grateful on a daily basis. And even, you know, you talking about doing that stuff, the basics like rucking and carrying stuff at face value, it's like, it kind of looks silly, but, but the truth is those are the fundamentals that when you actually go into a war zone, there's no, there's really, it's like, you got to go to the, you're going to carry heavy stuff up mountains. Your equipment. I call myself like, a donkey. Yeah. No, I mean, we, <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. And like, we're, it's true. It, no, I mean, and if you can't do those simple things, right. Like, yeah, grab a hundred pounds of stuff and like walk up a mountain. It yeah. sucks. But like, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of what it, what's, uh, that's still how it's done. Even in modern day, it's, gotta, it's what's needed. Right. And, yeah. and we go, I, when we go to the gym and work out, I wear a ruck with a bunch of weights inside of it. I, so the, our ammunition, these BBs that we use for war games, they're in bags. And so they really are pliable. So I put them in all the different pouches on my rucksack. So that way it doesn't dig into my back. And so uh, we'll do Stairmasters for like 15, 20 minutes where you don't touch the rails, just dripping sweat, just dripping sweat. And people at the 24 hour fitness or whatever would look at us because we're all in rucksacks, three of my, me and my two guys, but we're going out to the desert and we're climbing hills and we're going, you know, without the rucksack. And so without the rucksack, we're getting up there. You know, no problem. Even with the rucksack, I'll get up there. But yeah, that's a sensitive spot. I like the ruck. I also fly in a plane, but I like the ruck. <laughs> we, yeah, I tell you, every time we were rucking, we never had F-18s flying, but we always typically had F-16s flying over us in, in the, the mountains of eastern Afghanistan. And, I'll, and and a shout out to one of my dudes. We went on this one mission where we had to walk up. Uh, I mean, it was like a three or four hour infill straight up this mountain. We had yep. to kind of get a, an overwatch position to have command and control over some people maneuvering down in the valley. And one of my dudes carried a Barrett 50 cal all the way up this mountain. He, he strapped it into his back and I, he just went total beast mode, but we got up there. And, I mean, you know, guys like Tom were flying up overhead and you know, there were just times where you're like, I don't know if I picked the right profession right now. I could have been, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was probably of yours knew the impact of that 50 that it was worth putting on his back he wanted to he wanted to get it up there and it was like man you're you're taking one for the team right now and uh and that that was a wild and crazy day but but yeah it's those fundamentals they still apply you know even in 2000 at that time 2018 there's there's no technology that'll save you from having to carry heavy stuff you know no my dad taught me just always hold it around the ring of your rifle like right around the the base of it right there <laughs> and just shuffle on. And as a young man, like that's what I was indoctrinated with growing up, right? Like I was in an armory growing up at eight, nine, 10, 12 years old. And I'd sit there and flip through reels of old like models that someone would put together for the military. And you'd have to like identify like T tanks and like different RPGs and all this Warsaw pack stuff. So that's my, that's my generation. So anyone out there listening that grew up in the set in the eighties in a, Special Forces Armory. What's up? Let's get a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've had a lot of your time. I think you guys are great to have on the show. And we'll always have you in our Rolodex of, you know, reach out and come have you come on, maybe tell some more stories and talk about, you know, successes and what Victory Base is up to moving forward. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy Sunday to come and sit here and talk with me about helping veterans uh, find peace of mind in, in investing and in putting a, a roof over their head. I'll give you any, uh, Tom, I'll let you go ahead and, uh, and uh, say anything and then we'll go with Justin and then we'll close out. No, I tr- truly appreciate you. Uh, everything you've done and uh, great podcast, everything you've done here has been amazing and incredible. So I really do appreciate it. And, and the offer to go fly is actually uh, absolutely hundred percent open True, It's here. You, you hear it. It's on the internet. It's here forever. Uh, come do it. Cause uh, it'll give me a great excuse to go fly into. So it'll be a ton of fun. Look forward to it. Perfect. I would love that. No, so the offer stands for me too. If you want to go rock, you let me know. 
<laughs> but uh, no, th- th- this is cool, man. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing here. I think for me, it's awesome to, to stay connected with the veteran community and, and obviously appreciation to Tom for bringing me on board. But I think what we're doing here, we're in a position to have a huge impact. You know, this isn't like a short-term thing. We're, we're looking at this big picture, long-term, huge change to, to the way people view home ownership and the way they uh, pursue options out in the market. So looking forward to it. And yeah, and, and thanks a lot for having us on. Hey, you're very welcome. And that's victorybase.com, right? That's where they can go check it out. Okay, perfect. Well, I just want to say thank you on behalf of Tom and Justin and all of you veterans out there that give my show a chance and you listen to it. And if you have anything that you want to say or comment down below, you know how to go and subscribe and hit all those notifications. But last and not least, I just thank you for listening. And thanks to Brandon Webb for always believing in me to host this podcast on softrep.com. And it's going to be all over the place on YouTube and anywhere your favorite podcasts are found. So again, thanks to my guests, Justin and Tom Hacklin, victorybase.com. And my name is Rad saying peace. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.